Welcome to the Off Plan On Air podcast, a podcast by Excelsior Real Estate in Dubai with your host, Nick Grassick. <laughs> Please don't. Our bloopers are going to be longer than the actual podcast. Take two. Okay, hi. Welcome to episode three of the Excelsior Off Plan podcast. Uh, with me again are Matty and Mitch. Fellas, say hi. Hello. How are we doing? Um, fellas, the topic for today, we're going to talk about the rise of luxury real estate in Dubai. Uh, I think we've all seen a significant shift over the last 18 months, two years. Um, so, look, let's take a polarized view. What do we think? Is this a good thing or bad thing? I think it's a great thing. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's both. Mitch, you bore us first, and then I'll, uh, I'll shoot him with something interesting <laughs> same, later. Same, same yeah. I think it's both a good thing for investors that are looking for a place to park their money. Obviously, we've talked in previous episodes and in general in the office that there are certain tax advantages for being here. And as things get more luxurious, you attract a different style of investor or person wanting to move here. And it's great for them. They have a style of a lifestyle that matches what they want to do with their money. And I think that's great. On the opposite side of that, conversely, would be that if things get more and more expensive, as I'm sure we'll talk later on, and more luxurious, I guess we should say, people who aren't in that market segment or who haven't joined that investment ladder to work their way up towards the most luxurious upper tier levels may find themselves being priced out of certain markets. Yeah, there is that element to it. But Look, if you haven't got the money for the luxury, and I say that with air quotes because everything is luxury in Dubai, um, we'll, get, we'll touch more on what is actually luxury and, and what is not later. But if you haven't got that sort of cash, then, then don't worry about that. You know, it, As long as you're on the property ladder, then that's all that matters. You don't have to always go for luxury. At the end of the day, if it's an investment, money's all the same color, right? You don't get luxury money and normal money. So what does it matter uh, whether you buy luxury or whether you just buy something, a standard, you know, rental engine? Um, so we haven't always, we're very bogged down with this luxury um, tag in Dubai. Uh, and I, I think it's sort of banded about way too much. Um, in terms of the growth of luxury market, I think it's great because it's obviously bringing a lot of high net worth individuals to Dubai, which is obviously great for the economy. It's great for us in real estate. It's great for everybody that wants to live here. Um, when an economy is booming, people are happy. So in my opinion, I think it's a great thing. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, there, there has been um, a paradigm shift uh, over the last 18 months whereby, you know, um, everything has been tagged as luxury. And the benefit of that now to ourselves as consumers is that the bar has been lifted now. You know, I mean, you have a look at um, over the last 20 years, the phases that Dubai has been through. You had the initial boom, then the global crash occurred as the prices then softened. So the developers perhaps didn't have access to liquidity in terms of the quality of the materials and the and the finishes in the buildings. So you do see throughout Dubai in various different communities um, a varying of build quality of the actual apartments or the villas or the homes themselves. Um, and I think over the last 18 months, two years, certainly post-COVID, because there has been a natural shift towards 
what's being branded as luxury is that, you know, if, if a developer's standards have not been raised, then they're not going to get sold. Buyers are not going to accept the quality that perhaps they needed to accept five, seven, ten years ago. Unless they've got the uh, price tag to match. If they're trying to brand it as luxury and it's not luxury and they're pricing it at luxury prices, then it's not going to sell. But if, if, if uh, there's a lot of developments out there that call themselves luxury developments that are not, that are selling at a lot lower price tag and people are buying them because at the end of the day, it's a, it's a way to get on the property ladder. Okay. So he's had his Wheaties this morning. Holy cow. I know. Man, I know. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, right before. You're on, <laughs> you're on form. Yeah. Um, with regards to what you just mentioned that, you know, the, you there are still budget options available to the public um, in addition to the high-end um, luxury market. Do you think that there is a decoupling between the two? Because the reality is prices have risen incredibly aggressively, I think would be the right word. Um, the land department stats show that last year, 2022, the average selling price increased by around about 35%. There was a report issued earlier this year that said year to date up until the end of April. So the first four months of the year, the market increased by nearly 15% in just that four month period alone. So, you know, selling prices, recorded selling prices as registered at the land department have sharply increased. However, not everybody's salaries have increased at that rate. In fact, no one's salaries have increased at that particular rate. Do you think that there's going to be a decoupling, guys, between the ultra high net worth individuals who are pouring their money in from an international source? There is money coming into the country. It's recorded. It's an undisputed fact. Do you think there's going to be a decoupling between that market, which is very cash rich, to the everyday residents like us that need a mortgage to be able to buy a home for our family. Take it away, Weedies. Oh, sorry. I thought you wanted to talk. You uh, <laughs> took shots at me last time I answered quickly. Um, look, I, I, I say about um, the sort of lower end of the market, the budget options, should we say, and the, the luxury options. I'm not saying that as a bad thing. Um, being able to afford property in Dubai is is a great thing, no matter, no matter what you can do. Um, so... In terms of is there a decoupling, so to speak, I wouldn't necessarily call it that. Um, so, so decoupling would be one one term or one phrase that we could use. But right now, I think it's better to look at it as two separate asset classes. You have a luxury market, which we're talking about, which includes yes, yeah, some of the stuff that we that Matt's mentioned that's more more affordable. That's trying to brand itself as luxury still remains to be seen whether it elevates itself into a more luxurious, strictly solely luxury class that's not accessible to many or they stay in the more affordable with a branded nice quality brochure but you do have that upper tier the lower tier will eventually match whether even if it's a short-term spike in prices as we saw the last 18 months it will eventually come back down and match because they have to use mortgages you mentioned that earlier nick the residential resale secondary market for most people is going to most of those sales are going to be comprised of people actually living in those homes Sure, some investors, but most of them are people who want to live there with their families, which are driven by mortgages, which are in turn driven by salaries. As you mentioned at the beginning, even if there's a short-term increase, it seems like it's separating and running away. That was the market as a whole. When you isolate it and look at that other asset class, which is the secondary resale market 
primarily of homeowners, that will eventually come back down and match the salaries and the increase in salaries. And we've seen that start to happen, start to stabilize, so to speak. So I think it's fair to say that if it's not decoupling in two separate markets within the same city, it is in, in, in fact two, separating into two different asset classes. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call it a decoupling. Um, I think the, 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 you know, the high, super high net worth individuals are like make up what 1% of the world or whatever it is. I don't know the exact statistics, but um, if you are sort of your um, average everyday mortgage buyer or you're buying, you know, um, reasonably priced properties in Dubai, then then you're in the majority, right? Um, the the luxury end of the market are the the super rich guys, which are really in the minority. Um, if you look on in terms of the whole world, so um, I wouldn't I wouldn't sort of try and separate the the, the two, so to speak. We can isolate it though. We can isolate that because that's exactly what our company does: is isolate those high net worth individuals that have a need to buy something of a certain status here as an investment vehicle. And we can certainly isolate that segment of the market and address it. And that's really what this is. There is no ceil- There is no ceiling and nor should there be on someone who has a ton of money that wants to come in. These aren't a majority of the developments that we see. There's a ton of regular housing and affordable housing in a variety of different areas within Dubai. Even in downtown Business Bay, you're going to have some that are relatively affordable. This is a small segment. While it seems like our entire world is luxury-based, that's because that's what we do from from 9 a.m. to 5 a.m. when we clock in and clock out here. But a majority of the holdings and developments and buildings are not luxury. Some of them aren't even branded to be luxury. It's just a very small niche and that shouldn't have a ceiling. So it can be separated out because there is a very hard capacity on what an individual or family can buy, household can actually buy. And that's dictated by mortgage rates. I'm sure we'll talk later about interest rates and it's dictated by their salaries. So that's an entirely separate in my point, in my opinion, should be a separate class of assets as opposed to what we're doing now. So I think it's there's a separate, there's a, if it's not decoupling, there's a, a cleavage effect that's starting to force these two into separate worlds. And it hasn't really been the case because there hasn't been a stable enough Dubai to handle the ups and downs in real estate market, global economic markets. And now Dubai finally is stable enough with enough self sustaining industry. Okay, so forget everything I said, there is a decoupling. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what my point was, are well, solved in the office. Yeah, what my point was trying to be is that I don't want to separate these these guys because you know you haven't really got to worry about the super luxury, super rich guys. Um, just just buy what you can afford. Well, it's descriptive, not derogatory. So, I mean, if, if we accept that Dubai is seen on the global stage as being the playground of 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 the wealthy. And that Dubai has a certain image of being a luxury destination. Is there an element that developers are playing to that image because we are attracting as much international investment as we are? And on from that, if the developers are playing to that um, that image that the world has of Dubai, do we think that it's a phase? Or do we think that it's a cultural shift? Is this something which is going to continue? Or is this just, um, you know, uh, the, 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 the sign of the current times? It's the land of the rich, Dubai, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, well, that's the perception. But the reality is, as, as we live here, yes, there is, um, you know, that, that element. But I cringe whenever I've watched 
is it Dubai Wives or what was that? Oh, what was that reality that. I have, TV? I have so low as to watch that, that was all Dubai Bling. That's the one. Like, oh. not sent the people who were on it were awful, but they were not representative of any of the people that I consider to be my friends. No, but they're playing up for TV. But Dubai is the land of the rich. Let's be honest. All the high net worth individuals are, are coming here. And, and to, to, your, to your point, to your question, rather, that the, the, they are playing into that. They know that people with money want to be here. The weather's lovely. Everything's five star. Um, it's kind of central to a lot of the rest of the world so it's kind of like a hub so it's easy access to Asia to Europe whatever uh, it's perfectly located so you know people want to be here and, and I think that they are kind of playing into that a little bit by branding everything luxury even like I said the the, 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 um, the projects that aren't necessarily luxury and now well you look at every single project it'll be from luxury developer this luxury you know when it's in like the middle of the desert and it's not luxury at all it'll still be branded as luxury so what's what's the end game like at the moment every developer wants to outdo the previous every I think Dubai is finally stable enough to handle that as the end game. For example, 5, 10, 15 years ago, there wasn't as much sustenance as there is to the city. You can go out now and there are pubs, there's regions, it, even the, the different areas within Dubai have their own identities now, whether they're fully formed or still forming. You can see a separate identity of downtown, Business Bay, Palm Marina, but there's so much more in between those along Sheikh Side, even as you develop further south to the new Palm Jebel Ali or inland it's finally sustainable enough to where it can have the identity that it's always presented itself to be, that flashy car rental, girls out of brunch, all done up. You have the guys renting the fancy luxury supercars. But now you actually have the world's wealthiest people parking their assets, building businesses here, entrepreneurs starting out, whether attacking the GCC market or using this as a hub to address the greater world for their specific industries. I think it's finally sustainable enough to, to head in that direction as the end game of being a playground. Also, who's to say there's got to be an end game? I mean, look at London. It's a billion years old and there's still construction everywhere. Who? Is it a billion years old? It's about a billion Is years old. Is that a scientific old. number? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think dinosaurs <laughs> did used to live in uh, Buckingham Palace at one point. <laughs> I think they built it. Um, yeah, no, you know what? You're, you, you, you're right in, in, in that respect. I mean, you have a look, and again, I'm just going to go back to the corporate media for a moment. You have a look at the independently produced property reports. You have a look at the UBS global, was it the, 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 the property bubble index that they, that they produce once a year? I think this came out about September, October of last year. And they look at price per square foot. They have a look at the GDP of, of, of that particular city and they essentially take an assessment as to how sustainable that particular city's current price, but also the trajectory of those properties um, and whether or not it's nearing an inflated state and as a result of which whether or not it's going to go into a bubble. Of the 25 cities that I think that were referenced, Dubai came in at number 24, which essentially means it was the second most affordable city globally. And you have a look at the prices per square foot of here compared to Hong Kong, uh, London, Paris, New York, all of your other major cities. And the great thing is Dubai is now considered to be one of those great global cities. I think it was behind only Krakow. It's what, sorry? I think it was behind only Krakow. Was being oh, in the, in the, the, the affordable, report. Really ones. And this is a much more attractive 
place to most people from around the world. That Especially when you don't get income tax and you can afford. A million percent. You love that tax, don't you? Yes, I do. Um, all right, then I'll leave you with just this. If this is what is happening to prices whilst interest rates are as high as they are, what on earth is going to happen when the interest rates do come back down? All eyes divert towards the lone cowboy yanking in the room, yeah. Lone cowboy what? Cowboy. The American. Oh, we about Fed rate, Fed yes, rate, yes, yes, yes. About we are yeah. pegged to you guys, so yeah. Yeah, it is. Anything else you guys want to throw in? Cool. Thanks for your time, guys. I was. I had a point that I was trying to get across, and it just wasn't. I wasn't making no sense. And I you want to say it now, and Rose can edit it in. I know what I mean in my head, but I just can't explain it. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs>